This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. We're going to be coming out of Romans, the seventh chapter and the 24th verse. And it is the MSG version that I'm using today for this scripture. What's happening here is that Paul is expressing his personal struggles with sin. Remember, Paul was human just like us. Paul was not Jesus. Paul was a human being. Amen. Glory to God. So it is admirable for him to uh, admit or to uh, unveil his own personal struggles. Amen. In his life, like we all have. Amen. So here we go with God's word. Amen. From the MSG version, uh, Romans 7:24 says, he's, uh, this is Paul speaking. He says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm sure many of us can identify with that. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Have you been there? I've certainly been there. Isn't that the real question? My God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Before you, I have some images as I've, as I've done twice before. Amen. We have images of despair and hate and anger and COVID-19 and death with the cemetery scene and sadness in the bottom left corner. Confusion. You don't know which way to turn. Amen. And uh, in the bottom right hand corner, uh, you see an image of a person with a sign that says no future. We live in times where these emotions may pass through us. Amen. Where we experience these things, where life bumps into us and we uh, have an emotional response to uh, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges of life. Uh, a lot of the Psalms of are of, are of written by David where he expresses his raw emotions about what he is experiencing. Hallelujah. And just like him, we are a human being of life like passions or uh, we have emotions and we have experiences that we've been through that are troubling. Amen. And it brings us to a place where we think can I where can I turn to for hope can I turn to the government or can I turn to this human being or can I turn to that one or 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 this hobby that I have or this passion that I have where can I turn to when life seems to be coming at me at all kinds of angles and my hope is fleeting but I know that I need hope So this week's message is, where can we turn to for hope? Where can we turn to for hope? And it also may expose those things in our life that we've turned to for hope. And during this uh, specific time and season in our lives, we are seeing that that thing that we turn to really does not bring hope. And this thing could even be your religious beliefs or your system of beliefs. 
We're going to look at it today. Amen. Join me as I pray. Amen. As I pray for this message, where can we turn for hope? Now, Father God, we come before you today in the matchless name of Jesus, and we need a word from you. We need your help today. We need you to feed us through your word as we seek hope through the scriptures and through this rhema message, Lord God, that you're going to speak through me today. Father God, I decrease that you might increase in me, for this task is far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Have your way in me and through me. Minister to your people. Draw everyone you've ordained to join this online service today from the north, south, east, and west, Lord God. Have your way like never before. In Jesus' name, let somebody say, Amen. Where can I turn to for hope? And let me go back one slide. When I'm in despair, when I have hatred in my heart, when I'm angry, when I've been stricken by COVID-19 or I'm overwhelmed by the 120,000 people that have been stricken by the COVID-19, uh, when there's death, there's people that I know that have died. When I am sad, when I'm confused, I don't know which way to turn, or where I'm just to the point where I feel like there's no future. My God. Let's jump into our scripture. Let's go to 1 Timothy, the first chapter and the first verse as we begin our journey. Where can we turn to for hope? This is the Apostle Paul. This is one of the pastoral epistles or letters that he wrote. Amen. And he's writing this to Timothy. Timothy was his protege. Timothy uh, eventually became the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Timothy was of Jewish and Greek ancestry. Amen. So Paul even ministered to, to him and taking him under his wing was a uh, trial of Paul's faith because there would be Jews around him that would not accept Timothy, but Paul wasn't about fitting in. He was about doing the will of God. Amen. So what is Paul saying to Timothy here? He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. So right out the box, amen, we have the scripture here. Who is, who is Paul's hope and who should be our hope? The Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. He is our hope. I'm going to get more granular because you may be saying, well, brother pastor, I know that already. Let's get more granular, amen. Let's, let's define this word hope in the Greek, the New Testament was written in original form in a Koine Greek or a common everyday language Greek. Amen. And we're going to look at the word behind our English word for hope. Amen. Hope in, uh, in, in Greek, amen, is a word called el peace. And it means expectation. So hope means expectation, trust, confidence. Excuse me. That in which one confides. So wh where do you confide in? 
or to which he flees. Where do you flee in times of distress or for refuge? Where do you go? Much more frequent in, in the classics and always in the New Testament. In a good sense, it's an expectation of good. So hope is an expectation of good. Uh, and in the Christian sense, a joyful, confident expectation of external salvation that some, someone, in our case we know it's Jesus, will come and rescue us, save us. Amen. It denotes the author of hope. So Jesus is the author of hope. He's the author and finisher of our faith, but he's also the author of our hope, of our expectation of good, that we should expect good from him. All right. Or he who is the found or, or he who is its foundation. Jesus is the foundation of our hope, or at least he should be. What's the foundation of your hope? Is it Jesus? Or is it in the president? Was it in the Congress? Was it in your political party? Or is it in your uh, your cause? Your belief system. The things you want. Jesus is or should be for Christians the foundation of our hope. The author of our hope. The one we run to in times of need. That we flee to our refuge in difficult times. Or even in good times, he is the foundation of our hope. To sum it all up, it's a confident expectation of good. Hope is a confident expectation of good that is birthed out of the foundation or built on top of the foundation of Christ, who is the author of hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When we experience those various negative emotions, amen, we should be running back to Christ. We should be looking back to him. We should be looking back through the scriptures, his word. He, he authored his word by way of the Holy Spirit through the 40 writers, amen, that were inspired to write as they were led, amen. He is our hope. Not what we see out in the world. We're human. We're in the world, but not of the world. We will experience things, amen, glory to God, but understand that it is not the source of our hope, what we see and experience with our five senses. Jesus is our hope. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Let's move on. But why should we hope in Jesus? What, what is the basis of us hoping in Jesus? Why should we do that? Let's look at our scripture. We're going to 1 Peter 1 and 3. Now, Peter wrote this book, amen, when the church was in another time of distress. Amen. It was being persecuted within the Roman Empire. And Peter wrote this book from Rome. And Peter eventually died in Rome. Amen. He died for what he believed in. And what he believed in was the Lord Jesus Christ. He was an eyewitness of Jesus. He lived with Jesus for three years. Amen. Hallelujah. But he had to continue to live after Jesus was ascended to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. And he wrote this book to those that were in distress, those 
believers that were in distress throughout the Roman Empire at that time because uh, Israel was under Roman occupation and control at that time. Amen. And they believed that Jesus was coming back to free them from that, but that was not his mission at the time. His mission was to come and to die for their sins and for the sins of the whole wide world. Anyway, let's get back to our scripture. First Peter 1 and 3, the Amplified Version. It reads, Blessed, grace, uh, gratefully praised and adored, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy, so his great amounts and boundless mercy, has caused us to be born again. So we were saved because of his abundant and boundless mercy to be born again, that is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose to an ever living hope or unending hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So our hope is built in Jesus and the fact that he rose from the dead. Our hope is all set in did Christ rise from the dead? If you believe he did, amen, hallelujah, you have a source for hope. If, you, if you're still struggling with that and you your uh, mindset is more uh, something different than from he rose from the dead, amen, your hope will struggle. So why should we believe in Jesus? Amen. And, and draw from him as the source of our hope. Amen. Because he rose from the dead. He was the evidence that Father God accepted his sacrifice to pay for our sins. His payment, his life paid for our sins. Amen. And the fact that he rose from the dead means that he was God himself. Amen. Glory to God. It means his sacrifice on the cross was effective amen and approved by god that it appeased god father god's uh, uh uh demand for sin amen and it means that everything that he spoke was truth i'm going to i tend to believe people who say make promises die and say they're going to rise again and then rise from the dead amen i, I tend to believe those people and there's only been one his name is jesus and he was the Christ or the anointed one, the Messiah. Amen. Glory to God. So hallelujah. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I'm going to believe the promises he made to us through his word. Amen. He, he said he would rise from the dead and he did it. Amen. Glory to God. So his words had power and were truth. Amen. So we have, I'm going to have confidence in someone who rose from the dead. Hallelujah. That person's God and that person's words are powerful. Amen. Let's move on. Amen. And also, amen. The next verse, uh, verse four says, born anew into an inheritance. So we have an inheritance through Christ. Amen. Which is imperishable. So no one can take it away. It won't fade away beyond the reach of change. We have an inheritance. For example, amen, by his stripes, I am healed. Healing is my inheritance. Healing is your inheritance. No one can take that away. Does it mean that the devil won't try to attack my body? It doesn't mean that he, the devil will, amen. Does it mean that COVID-19 is not out here and might try to attack my body? It means 
No, it doesn't mean that. It means that I have a right to healing so that if something tries to jump on me, I don't have to receive it. I don't have to stay sick. I don't have to stay in that place. Uh, hallelujah. I, as, a, as someone who has this inheritance of healing, can declare the promises out of my mouth because faith must be spoken. Amen. Hallelujah. And declare that by his stripes, I am am healed that doesn't mean that i run into a perilous situation amen and tempt god amen just like jesus was tempted amen by the devil to jump off the cliff amen and had he done that he would have died he meant he said uh uh it's, it's written to uh that we tempt not the lord thy god amen hallelujah so whatever god leads you into amen he will anoint you amen and empower you amen hallelujah glory to god so, with all that being said, we have an inheritance which is imperishable, beyond the reach of change, and undefiled, or undusted, unsoiled, and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Amen. Now, we have pre precious promises here. Amen. But we have a greater promise. Amen. Glory to God. In heaven, somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And these promises, amen, will not change. What Jesus said will come to pass. Put not your hope in princes or powerful people. We get so devastated when people let us down, especially people that the world has put on a pedestal. We get so angry when human beings who are not in relationship with Jesus don't act righteously. Why do we keep expecting unsaved folk to act saved because they have a title or a position? Why, why, why do we keep disappointing ourselves by putting... See, we have great expectation on people we see with our eyes and experience with our other four senses. But to put hope in Jesus just seems outrageous got to reverse that it's outrageous for you to put your hope in someone who does not know God does not have a connection with the fruit of the spirit and in no way is able to act and do things righteously for us to put our hope in that can include the people you work with or work under the people you're around put not your hope in princes psalm 146 and 3 i'm reading from the amplified version once again it says do not trust in princes in mortal man we're confronted with this right now uh, the holy spirit is confronting us with this right now who do you put your trust in is that the political process? I'm not here to tell you not to vote. Vote. It, we, have, we have that right of citizens. Vote. I'm going to vote. But I don't have my ultimate confidence in that. I'm going to exercise my right as a citizen and do my part to contribute to something that I believe is better, as you should. But ultimately, I know that it's going to fall short of the glory of God. And that's the reality that we deal with. Do not trust 
in princes, in mortal man, in whom there is no salvation, or more specifically, help. It's a challenge, especially if, if we're going to be honest, a lot of us still struggle with carnality or living in the flesh. It's a challenge. But it's a challenge worth drawing strength from God to overcome. You've put your trust in princes. You've put your trust in mortal man. And your trust has been shaken, especially during this current time and hour that we live in. And God is saying, put your trust in me. Put your trust in me. Amen. Now there's the argument, well, I put my trust in God and look at what all is happening in the world. Well, listen, this is, this is a result of the world choosing to live independent of God. You know, the one true government that God intended was for a theocracy, a God-ruled government. You know, God didn't even want the children of Israel to have a king. He warned them about what would happen if you had a king. But they still chose to have a king. I want you to think about it this way. If I don't know God and I am governing, where would I get the righteousness from to govern in a righteous manner if I don't know God? I could know about him, but if I don't know him, I don't have a relationship with him. I'm not indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Where would I get righteousness from to govern righteously or to manage a company righteously or to be in a relationship and conduct myself in a righteous manner if I don't know God? A hope should be in Jesus Christ and not in princes. Amen. I know that's a challenge. Let's move on. Hope that is seen is not hope. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've lost all hope, brother pastor. I look what's going on around me and I've lost hope. Hope is not received through the senses, specifically the eyes. Hope that is seen is not hope. Let's look at the scripture and see why that is. We're coming out of Romans 8.24. This is Paul speaking to the church at Rome. He says, for we are saved by hope. All right, we have hope in Jesus Christ and we chose to receive salvation. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So in other words, I don't need to hope that the camera's working because I can see on my screen that it is. So I don't need hope for that. Amen. The things, if you've been drawing your hope from what you see going on in the world, amen, that's really not hope. You, you see it. You experience it. Hope is for things that we don't see. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let's move on. Amen. But if we hope for what we see not, this is verse 25, then do we with patience wait for it. Patience is a dirty word. <laughs> My God, help us, help us. But patience is also a fruit of the spirit. Don't beat yourself up if you don't have patience. Amen. You can't generate patience. You need to draw from the spirit. Father God, by way of your spirit, impart unto me patience in areas that I lack. That would be your prayer. Hope must be waited on with patience. Amen. There are things that I would like to have in my life. My life is good and wonderful. I'm saved. And, you know, if, you know, I never ask God for another thing. I mean, he's given me so much. But as a human being, there are other things that I desire for my life. Amen. But I have to continue to keep hope in Christ that when he deems it right for me to have, um, I have to uh, wait for it with patience and, and, and draw from him uh, the patience I need to continue to be hopeful on that thing that I am waiting for him to have. Amen. Glory to God. I am human like you. I get frustrated by things I experience in this life, but I realize when I feel that way, it's time to get away from the thing that's frustrating me and to get and spend time with God who will infuse me with hope and patience to wait for it. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a mature message today. This is not milk. This is meat today hallelujah and god told me to preach this amen i had something else in mind he said teach them about hope today okay jesus hallelujah that's what i'll do let's move on our blessed hope what's our blessed hope titus 2 and 11 this is another pastoral um epistle or letter Amen. Titus uh, was another protege of Paul, and he eventually became the pastor on the island of Crete. Amen. Titus 2 and 11. I'm reading from the Amplified Version again. He says, um, for the remarkable, undeserved grace of God. Excuse me. We don't deserve this grace. It's remar remarkable and undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Amen. So that uh, let's move on. Verse 12 says it teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires. Amen. So that's what this grace. So just a little side note here. Grace teaches us to reject ungodliness for all of those who are saying that grace is just uh, do what you want and just have a good time. And that's, that's, that's not it. Amen. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires. That's what grace does. And to live sensible, upright, and godly lives. This is what grace does. 
with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity. Grace leads us into spiritual maturity. These are not my words. These are the words of Paul in this present age. Amen. Hallelujah. We're still in the same age as they are. We are in the church age. Amen. Let's move to verse 13. Awaiting and confidently expecting. This is what grace does. It causes us to be waiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope. Grace leads us to patiently and confidently wait for the fulfillment of our blessed hope. Now, what is our blessed hope? And, and, and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our blessed hope is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should look forward to when Jesus comes back to get his church that glorious day. Not with fear or trembling that, oh, judgment day is going to get me. Then you don't understand grace. You don't understand the cross that he came and he died and he paid for your sins. There is no more penalty from God for your sins if you are a believer. Yes, if you live on this earth and you make a bad decision, you will get an earthly consequence because of your choice. However, from God, there is no more penalty of sin. Hallelujah. For your bad decisions, your sins, your sins, my sins. And we should look forward to the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Now, let me inform you of something. All of these things that we are experiencing with the uh, people dying from COVID-19 and the, uh, uh, the unrest that's going on in this nation, amen, and racial tensions and racism and police brutality and all these things, these are signs of the time that our Lord and Savior is soon to return, and that should bolster us with hope. But the devil has lied to us and messed with our doctrine so much, we're scared for Jesus to come back because we think that he's going to leave us behind, hallelujah, because of our sins. I'm not telling you to go out here and that you have a license for sin. I'm not telling you that. I've also told you that grace leads us away from sins. But we should be looking forward to Christ's return because it's our blessed hope. He said he'd come back from the dead and he did it. He also said he'd come back for his church and he will do it. It's our blessed hope. Verse 14. Who willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to redeem us or to buy us back and purchase our freedom from all wickedness and to purify for himself a chosen and very special people to be his own possession who are enthusiastic for doing what is good. Amen. We should be enthusiastic to be the light of the world, especially during times like this. I can't I can't waste time by being depressed. Amen. If I'm going to be the light of the world. So if I feel depression, amen. That's incumbent upon me to go into prayer and to be infused with hallelujah. And sometimes we talk too much in prayer. Sometimes you just need to receive from God. Hallelujah. What you need in order to continue to be the light of the world as he's called us to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed hope. He's coming back for us. Hope lives inside of you. And I'm talking to believers specifically. And there'll be an opportunity for you if you're not a believer. Amen. To have hope live inside of you. Please hang on to the end of the service. But hope lives inside of you. Sorry for pointing. Colossians 1.25. Paul turned to the church at Colossae. If I remember correctly, Paul never went to this church. Amen. But he wrote to them. Amen. And it's a heavy, um, heavy book on Christology or, or the per teaching of the person, the, the life, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. This was a church that was challenged by false doctrines of um, Gnosticism, asceticism and Greek philosophy. And he was he wrote this letter to combat that. Amen. That Christ is our sufficiency. Amen. Colossians 1:25. It reads, "Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God." Verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages. So there's some mystery that's been hidden during uh, from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest or made apparent to his saints. Verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles or the non-Jews. Amen. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ lives in us by way of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And he is the hope of glory. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, some of you may be confused, amen. What is the hope of glory? We're going to deal with that, hallelujah. But Christ in you, which is the hope of glory, hope lives inside of you. We keep looking without for hope, amen. But hope lives within, not within Robert Brown, that Robert Brown just has a good heart, amen, hallelujah. But that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, hallelujah, has merged with my human spirit hallelujah and he represents christ amen hallelujah and christ in me is the hope of glory christ in you is the hope of glory somebody say hallelujah hallelujah but what is glory amen hallelujah glory in the greek is a word doxa d-o-x-a hallelujah and it means the glorious condition of blessedness in which it is appointed and promised that true Christians shall enter after their Savior's return from heaven. We spoke about that already. Jesus is coming back with, for us. Which conditions begin to be enjoyed. Well, the conditions begin to be enjoyed even now through the devout contemplation or the thoughts the expectations, the beliefs, amen, hallelujah, of the divine majesty of Christ and its influence upon those who contemplate it, amen. Now, knowing that Christ said he would come back for us, amen, hallelujah, and take us with us, take us with him, hallelujah, glory to God, as we contemplate on it, amen, glory to God, as we think on it, amen, as we expect 
expect it, amen, have hope in it, amen, hallelujah, that infuses us in our present state, amen, hallelujah, to be filled with hope. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. There's more, there's more, there's more, hallelujah. What does the hope of glory mean? Amen. We say this, preachers preach it. Hallelujah. Preachers get people hyped up about it. People dance and the musicians are playing. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Christ Jesus in us, the hope of glory. But what does it mean? Let's look at it. According to GodQuestions.org, the hope of glory is the fulfillment of God's promise to restore us and all creation. This hope is not a wishful thought, but the confident, expectant, joyful knowledge that we are being changed by God and will one day see Christ face to face, having been conformed to his image. So when we see him, we'll be just like him. Christ's presence in us is the hope of glory. And this truth is full of glorious riches. Our once dead and darkened spirits are made alive. Christ is in our hearts and we know that there is life beyond this earthly existence, a life that will be glorious beyond all imagination. Hallelujah. Glory to God that I don't draw my hope from this world and this world system that will fade away. That I, although I want to be a light to the world and preach the gospel and be, uh, be a tree that bears much fruit that people will be attracted to and want to eat from. And that's what you and I should want to be, amen, before the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That I know that mankind cannot make heaven on earth through his own efforts and that ultimately my promise for heaven is not in the here and now but when Christ comes back for you and I to take us to heaven and then one day amen after Christ's millennial rule amen on earth amen we will come down again amen and heaven and earth will be one and then heaven will truly be on earth physically but in the here and now we got to change our expectations man can't make the perfect society on earth in the here and now listen we're even challenged to make the perfect church <laughs> because we're imperfect beings the imperfect can't make perfect only the perfect can make perfect and the perfect one is God amen so we should have this hope that I'm forgiven of all my sins Jesus is coming back for me amen and all the believers amen glory to God while I'm here let me be a witness let me let my light so shine. Yes, the world is, is bumping into me and things are bumping into me and I have emotions. Amen. Let me take those to God. Let me cast my cares upon him for he careth for me. Empty myself of these negative emotions by confessing them before God. No matter how embarrassing I may think they are. Amen. Uh, divulging all that is in me to him. Amen. 
asking him to fill me, amen, with everything that pertains to the life and godliness, the fruit of the spirit, amen, walk my daily life, amen, as he empowers me and leads me and guides me into all truth, being that tree that bears fruit, amen, that is attractive to the world, amen, glory to God, no matter what race or background or religion they are, these are my personal testimonies, amen, that as I live my life, amen, as I go to work, as I'm in the store, People are drawn to the fruit, amen, despite may, how I look and how that may affect them, amen, glory to God. I choose not to walk in bondage, amen, how other people perceive me, amen, glory to God, and walk in victory because victory lives inside of me by way of Christ's spirit, amen, hallelujah. People are drawn to it, amen, hallelujah, and you share the fruit of the spirit with them, amen, and at times that leads to winning them to Christ hallelujah amen we as Christians are to live with the blessed hope that he's coming back for us and that will impact us in the here and now so that we have impact on the world with our witness with our lifestyle and with our mouths amen this is meat We also need to know that God has hopeful plans for his people. Now, we can claim all the promises of God through Jesus Christ, who was a Jew. So we're in him. And he adhered to all the Jewish laws and walked perfectly. So we can claim the promises that were originally made to the Jews through our Jewish Jesus. And receive them for ourselves because he's not the respecter of persons. Amen. So what are you talking about, Brother Pastor? I'm talking about our last scripture. Very familiar scripture. I'm reading it from the Amplified Version. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I understand Bible scholars this was specifically written to the Jews. But we can claim it through Jesus Christ. The promises of God are yea and in him. Amen. That him is Jesus Christ. Amen. The second Corinthians one and 20 or one and 21 somewhere in that area. Amen. What's the scripture say to us? Amen. How can we, uh, let me go back for a second. Uh, God has hopeful plans for us. Amen. How can we walk and ha know that God has hopeful plans for us? What did he say in Jeremiah 29 and 11? It says, for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you. Says the Lord plans for peace. God has peaceful plans for you and I and well-being. God wants us to have a good well-being and not for disaster. God does it not does not want disaster for his people to give you a future for however long that future lasts. God has future plans for you and I and a hope that we might have a confident expectation of good despite what we experience on this physical plane what we experience uh, emotionally amen hallelujah he wants us to have hope amen hope is the reality that we should cling to and we should see our emotions and our current situations and circumstances as temporary Hope is the reality. Christ is the foundation of hope. He is the author of hope. 
Our emotions, our circumstances are temporary. They're fleeting. Hope is eternal. Hope is consistent. And hope is sourced from the Lord Jesus Christ. God's got plans for you. But life, its challenges, people, places, things, government officials, people we know, sickness, disease has tried to rob you of that hope. But hope lives inside of you by way of Christ's spirit. Amen. I want to encourage you. Amen. When you're feeling overwhelmed and we all do from time to time. Go to that secret place of the most high. Hallelujah. Draw from God. Empty yourself and then draw from God. And as he leads you, stop talking and just receive and bask in his presence. You know, a personal testimony this morning, I woke up and I was feeling kind of funny. I didn't really know what my emotions were at. And God said to me, and as I, as I sat in his presence, he said, um, your issues are rooted in your ego. And, you know, the world teaches us it's all about you, 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 you. That's ego. And he told me, stop being so ego-centered and be Christ-centered. Don't compare yourself to others. Amen. Be centered on me. And that helped me so much. Amen. What I don't have at this age or what I should have accomplished by this time. These, these were thoughts I had in my head. And he said, you have centered your thoughts on you and what you should have done or your ego focusing on me. And it's the word I needed to hear. Amen. Hallelujah. So I hope that was a blessing to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our blessed hope is in Christ's return and hope lives inside of us. Amen. Where can we turn to uh, and, and where we need hope? Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm done. Friends, if you are impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord. Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.